Welcome to the Lead Management Mastermind Show, the only podcast where you'll learn about lead management best practices from the top lead management and sales marketing executives in the industry. Hear about the optimization, strategy, and techniques that have made each of our guests the best of the best in the lead management domain. Live from the headquarters of SDP Solutions, here's your host, Scott Payne. Hey, everybody. This is Scott Payne with the Lead Management Mastermind Show. So glad to have you back with us on the 14th episode of the show, 14 episodes in in about 10 months, and really excited to have on our next guest. Always been a fan of this guy. I'm so happy he's able to join us. I have with me Dale Vermillion. He's a published author, Box Business News contributor over the years. He's a 35-year veteran in the mortgage industry, and he literally wrote the book on the consumer mortgage experience. Um, Dale has trained over a million loan officers. Think about that, a million loan officers for over 450 lenders, including me as a young loan officer starting my career back in 2004, 2005 when I was at NationStar. So I got to see Dale firsthand way back when I was starting my career. He's also a well-known speaker and consultant. Dale, how you doing? So good to have you on. How you doing today? I am so good, Scott. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for not saying old man. I appreciate you leaving. Yeah, I left. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. So tell us, Dale, tell us your story. How did you, how did you get into the business? Specifically, how did you get in the business? And then can you tell us why you're still in the business today? Yep. I came out of high school in 1979. My aspiration was to actually be a professional athlete. I was uh, hoping to play pro ball, baseball, and had a chance to play semi-pro for a year and frankly couldn't hit a curveball. So I decided I better get a job and uh, actually worked in construction for a couple of years. We're standing on a scaffold one day and a guy said, you talk a lot, you ought to be in sales. Uh-huh, nice. <laughs> I don't recommend it as a compliment, but I took him up on it. Uh-huh. Got a job selling pots and pans door to door, did that for a year, did really well. Uh, but that wasn't my career aspiration and got an interview with a mortgage company, Transmarket Financial Services back in uh, 1983, wow. 37 years ago was able to get the job. It was a management training program. And frankly, I'll tell you what kept me in the business, believe it or not, it's going to sound kind of crazy, but the reason I stayed in was because I wasn't on commission. I think if I'd have been a commission loan officer, I probably would have opted out. I wasn't on commission. It was a management training program. The whole deal was if you do well, you're the top producer, you get promoted to branch manager. I got my first branch when I was 21 years old. Wow. Um, I had my first district. By the time I was 25, I was running a district of about 400 employees. I got my first region by the time I was 26 or 27. And I ran my first company at age 29. So coming out of high school, no college degree, opportunity to run a 2,300 employee company by the time I was less than 30 years old was unheard of. Amazing, yeah. It is. I mean, this is an industry where there's just so much potential for opportunity if you just work hard and you learn from others and and you really do things the right way. And in in 1995, I decided to move out of training or out of the corporate side because I really didn't like the politics of corporate America move into training and consulting. And here I am 25 years later, we just celebrate our 25th year anniversary this year. I've trained, you know, 600 plus lenders around the country and, and had the great privilege to, to be with a, over a million producers. So it's, it's been a wild ride, but you know what, this is the, I believe the greatest business on the planet. Yep. And right now, if you look at today's economy, Scott, we are the good news right now. We are the bright spot in the mortgage arena or Isn't in that the nice? economy yeah. today. No yep. question about it. Yeah, that's because that's not always been that way, of course, right? So no. yeah, took some black eyes there for a bit. Tell everyone a little bit about the Mortgage Champions program that you guys have or the training program that, that really is kind of the core piece of the business. Can you talk a little bit about, about that and 
and maybe even go into like, you know, the, the typical client for your uh, programs there. Yep. So, you know, a lot of people I think who uh, have known me over the years have kind of known me to be the, the rate doesn't matter guy. You know, the guy that, that's all about yeah. people. Yeah. How, how to deal with, uh, with low rates. Fact of the matter is, yes, I've trained a lot of consumer direct companies, but I've trained a lot of retail companies. So I've worked on both sides of the equation. I think I'm probably more well-known in the industry on the consumer direct side, but I've actually done about 60% consumer direct and 40% retail. And, okay. and what we do is what I built very simply, Scott, is, you know, I've said this many times. The only thing that I ever did that was smart in this business was when I got in in 1983, I made a commitment to myself. And the commitment was, I will never know it all. I'm always open to listening to people smarter than me that have more experience than me. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn from others. I'm going to share that with others. I'm going to make sure that as I go through my career, I'm always building on the excellence of other excellent people. I learned a long time ago that you win by building a great network around you. So in 37 years, with all the people that I've trained, basically we built mortgage champions. Uh, and back when I started in 1995 as a consultant, it was built on the best practices of the top producers in the nation. Something crazy that I did all the years that I managed, even as a district manager and regional vice president, was I would close my branches down once a, one day out of every month and get all my loan officers together to do nothing but to literally brain dump. What are we doing that works? What doesn't work? What's getting more numbers? And I was training some of the top loan officers in the country. Fast forward 37 years later, we've literally taken the best practices, the best ideas, the best methods and strategies of over a million people that I've trained, including tens of thousands of leaders. And we've built it into sales training, leadership training, and operations training. And the operations training is really not geared towards processing loans. It's geared, geared towards consumer experience. It's, it's geared towards time mastering and management, organizational skills. And what we create is a holistic approach where we work with lenders predominantly, where we will come in and we will work with them to build a consistent sales, operations, and leadership process based on best practices that teaches a system of selling, a system of leadership, and a system of operations that absolutely works. We, we've had over 600 companies we work with, and nobody's ever had anything but success. We literally have a perfect record in 25 years. Yep. And it's because it's based on strategy. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm a strategy speaker. Yep. And, and although I think people are motivated, I hope they're motivated when we get done training them, we really focus on creating behavioral change through online training, live training, live simulcast training, every avenue you can imagine to change the lives of our people that we train and to change the culture of the organizations we work with. So yeah, you actually took some of the questions I had, kind of follow-up questions, which was, I know you guys do other things other than just training loan officers, right? There's some executive training, there's some operations training you talked about. So, you know, thanks for covering that part of it. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask around, because I know it's part of, of, you know, what you've talked about in the past or what you've trained on. I've, I've seen and heard about lead management type best practices. Yep. So can you talk about, you know, as it relates now to kind of the, the podcast here, as it relates to lead management, what are some of the key or like, cornerstone lead management best practices that are like something that doesn't matter who you talk to. These are the things that are lead management specific that our listeners need to know more about. Sure. I think the number one rule of thumb, Scott, and I know you and I have talked about this many times, and I know you, you agree to this wholeheartedly, is that it begins with responsiveness. Look, if, if you can't respond quickly to any lead, I don't care if it's a, a consumer direct lead where you're getting uh, an aggregate lead or direct mail or media marketing lead, or it's a referral lead in the retail world, no matter where that lead comes from, if I don't respond almost immediately, how can I ever tell my client that I have good service? Right. It just doesn't make any sense. So 
Responsiveness, I think, is number one. You got to get on those leads as quick as you get them. Number two is prioritization, making sure that you are working in a priority mindset with all of your leads because not all leads are equal, as we all know. If you got a borrower that's high quality, high caliber, high qualifications, they've got plenty of equity to work with on a refi transaction, or they got plenty of down payment and good credit and good income on a purchase. You want to get to that first because, you know, I've had an old saying I've used many years, sell early, sell off. Yep. <laughs> That's always the key. Yep. You know, sales is all about momentum, as we all know. We all have had our Midas touch days where we walk in and everything turns to gold. We've had our days where we come in at nine o'clock, pumped up and ready to go. By 930, we're ready to go home. I mean, we've had those yeah, days sure. too. And it's usually because we put ourselves in front of the wrong leads. So it's important to be responsive. It's important to prioritize. It's also, and I don't hear many people talk about this, but this is something I've always believed in. You got to practice every morning. The common mistake that I see, and one of the things that I see in top producers is when they drive to work in the morning, they do not listen to their radios or do any of that. What they'll do is they'll practice their sales pitches. They'll warm up their engine to, nice. to use an expression. They'll, yeah. they'll make sure they've got their, their pitch down benefits-based. And, and the number one rule about lead conversion is quit quoting rates up front. Right. It is the worst thing you can possibly do. Yep. That is the biggest mistake I'm, I see out there in the industry is loan officers, especially in times like today. You know, you look at today's marketplace, high volume, lots of business happening, refinances are off the charts, purchases went up 18% year over year from May of 2019 to May of 2020. We've got a ton of business right now. So you know what happens? We start to shortchange, order take. We, we go right to the, to the heart of the thing. Oh, here's the rates I got today. It's a take mm -hmm. it or leave it mindset. That's foolishness yeah. because yeah. every lead you buy is an opportunity to make money. And if you get one sale a day that's committed, one committed deal where you've got docs and a full application, you're going to close 75% of those on average. That means one sale a day equates to 15 loans a month, two sales to 30, and three sales to 45. You don't need a lot of sales to close 45 loans a month. Exactly. Per day. Yep. But you got to do it right. You can't quote rate because it's too competitive out there. Three things I've always taught about rate. Number one, when you somebody asks you a rate question, it's not a literal question because you can't answer it literally. I have no idea what your rate is until I complete your application. Yep. Number two, if you quote them right up front, they're always going to object and say it's too high. And number three, even if they think your rate is good, they're going to take that number, shop it, and get it lower from somebody else. So you can't win quoting rate. What you need to quote is benefit. Yeah. Well, I'm going to expand on a couple of those things too, just to give my thoughts. First, you said about making a good impression. I was speaking to a group of loan officers this morning, actually. We were walking through how they follow up with leads, right? You make a connection and you need to follow up with them, whether you need to, they need to talk to their spouse or they needed to, uh, hey, now's another good time, call me back. The amount of business lost, and I'm going to be interested to see what you, what, you, what you see and what you think and what the feeling is, but the amount of business lost from what I've seen from a follow-up standpoint, which is, and I've heard you talk about this on, on many different occasions about following up right and doing the right way, but I've done in my secret shops, I've done almost 400 of, of these secret shops that, that you've seen in the past, the summits yep. that we've spoken at together. But when I call back and ask for a callback the next day at 1 p.m., 50% of the time, I never get another phone call. Right. Which is astounding. Just like, how does that drop on the floor? 80% of the time I do get a call back, it's late. It's more than an hour late. And so what I was talking about to, to the loan officers today was, you've got to make a good first impression. You've got to utilize the technology at your fingertips. And, and Velocify is an example. It's a scheduled dial. The system will call you at the time it's time to call the customer. So you're calling them on time. 
what better way when talking to a customer, especially up front before the process really gets going, call them back when you say they're going to at the exact minute. Like that just stands out to me. If you're calling back five minutes late, you know, you had an excuse, whatever, you can call them back right on time. Great first impression. And then they spend on the prioritization. You talk about increasing loans per month. If you can chip away five minutes here, two minutes here, 30 seconds here of every time you get done doing something and trying to figure out what to do next. Yep. If you have a really good prioritization standpoint built in, you can eliminate all this 30 seconds. And if you add up all of that time at the end of the day, you're now looking at an extra one hour, two hour, three hours per day per loan officer. And imagine what they could do with more time per day, right? So what do you see as far as following up with leads? What do you find with loan officers out there as you're talking to them and their strategies that don't work? Yeah, what I find is the strategies are all over the place and, yeah. and most people don't have a good strategy. So to be in the lead business and not have a CRM system and not work off a scheduler and, and not set appointments. And let me tell you another common thing that I see, Scott, that makes me crazy is we'll get a borrower on the phone. We'll, we'll open up with the conversation. They give us the approval. You know, that sounds pretty good. Let me think about it. And Lawrence goes, okay, uh, you know what? Yeah. Uh, you know, give me a call tomorrow if you decide you want to, you know, how about if I follow up? I'm like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You never leave a call with a soft appointment. If you can't get them right now to talk to you, there's a reason they're not talking to you. You need to ask the hard question. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. Can I ask you a question? You, you called me looking for a loan or you applied online. You took all that time. You're clearly interested in doing something. Tell me what you, it is you're, you need to think about. Like, yep. what haven't you heard that you want to hear? You've got to be able to confront them in a relational way in a kind way. And then if they say, well, you know what, I really am interested, but frankly, I just got called into a meeting or, you know what, I didn't know it would be this long. I got to go take care of this thing. All right. What time later today, can we set an appointment for 20 minutes to get together? I'll go ahead and send you out a confirmation right now. And when you get that time, you send them an invite, make them accept it yep. and make sure you've got it in their calendar. Like yep. that's just common lead management process that makes all the difference. So I'll, I'll give you a little preview here of something I'll be announcing in the next week or two is an integration that my team's built with a system called Calendly, which is what I use to schedule all my appointments. And use it too. the use case like would, would work like this. Loan officer gets to that point where they're scheduling a follow-up time with the customer and they would then take an action in, in this system would be lost. So I take an action that says send Calendly link. And essentially it sends an SMS message to the borrower and gives them the link to that person's calendar. So when they're trying to find that time and schedule the time, they can now say, hey, I just sent you a text. Click on that link. Let's find a time together right now that works for you and me. And you can pre-built Calendly to say, don't allow this to happen for three hours from now. So it gives me time to do what I need to do if I need to do something, whatever the case. But essentially, it sends them the link. They schedule a time together. They get that commitment. It sends it to the uh, borrower's calendar, obviously, in an invite. And what's interesting is, if, and this is something as we get more and more into kind of COVID world, as far as like people working from home and how I think that's probably going to stick. And I'm sure, it may, you know, You've seen some of that too. I agree. That, you know, the Zoom, all of these things become more valuable. And so with that Calendly link, automatically it can tie in a Zoom link. So now if you have to talk about numbers and you want to show your screen, you have an easy solution to do that right there in Zoom. All kind of facilitated through the thing. Now where it comes into Velocify is that we're actually taking, taking that date and time and posting it back into the lead record itself. So when we talk about prioritization, right? The priority view now will show the Calendly appointment coming up in the next 10 to 15 minutes. So I know I need to like not do something and get ready to make this call because they're going to be waiting for me on a Zoom meeting. So coming out in the next two weeks, you'll see more about that on LinkedIn and in other ways, but really cool stuff. And I think it just takes the follow-up piece to the next level and holding your borrowers committed to a time to your point. 
and you just said a key word there, commitment. You, yes. You're looking for every little commitment along the way. You know that there is no sale without a commitment. And, and mm-hmm. commitment isn't you committing to the borrower. Commitment is the borrower committing to you. They have to take an action. That, that action is accepting your invite and putting in their account. That action is providing you documentation or completing an application or going online and doing an online application with you. And, and, and these are all things that establish commitment. You need to establish enough commitment so you know you have a bona fide buyer or bona fide customer that's going to work with you. Otherwise, you got nothing. You got nothing more than a nice conversation and that don't pay the bills. Exactly right. So we talked about technology, obviously, you know, a couple, we mentioned a couple of systems here and there, but let's say you're starting a mortgage company. You know, you want to start up with the right technology, right? And obviously like, we'll, we can talk LOS and pricing engines, but let's talk about like, what is your kind of dream sales marketing stack? You don't have to maybe mention any names of companies, but maybe just at a high level, I would want this, I would want that. You have to have a CRM system, number one. And I've always been a fan of Velocify. I think it's, it's the system that I recommend to my clients all over the country. You have to have an online application system for your customers. That's very, very important. You want to make sure that you've got an access where they can go online and complete an application in today's world at their convenience, provide you easy access to uploading documentation, very critical to the process. Uh, obviously, you're going to have an, an LOS system within that. And then you need to have a back-end system that will continue to keep in contact after the back end. Look, when, when I was a young loan officer, pre-technology, because I'm an old fart, okay, we did this stuff all by hand in Rolodexes. And we were very good at it yeah. because that's what we did. Like we, we knew that's what you had to do. I don't see anybody doing that today. Like today, I see loan officers that are very big about getting the sale, but they forget about that customer for life mindset mm-hmm. and that stay in contact. So build or have a technology in your stack that will do that. You and I see, used to see each other every year at the SoftView conference. SoftView was great, is a great, they're not Bali, is a great technology for that. You know, these are the stacks that I want to, I want to be able to retain my leads and track them on the front end, have that calendar system like you talked about, have an online tool that I can co-pilot. By the way, very important, don't just shoot people links and let them self-serve. Sure. You want to serve them through the process, get them in your LOS. And then follow up through the backside of that. If you've got that stack, you're good. Yeah, great. And then just to tie on there for the listeners, integration points become big and all of that, right? If you have that nurture stuff set up and the customer for life and they're sending emails, you want to make sure that engagement with those emails and, and content is being sent back to the CRM and then using that for, let's say, like scoring the lead or maybe if it's a former customer who you know is in the market and they open an email, we need to call them right away and this becomes a new lead record. So yeah, great advice there. I think, you know, and then we tie it all together with those integration points and APIs nowadays, you can do anything you want. I mean, tie any system together you want. There's tools out there to do it. So you've worked with over a million loan officers and and 600 lenders. Can you share like maybe just one or let's just say one kind of success story as it relates to lead management? Like maybe you spoke to a loan officer and, and they had trouble doing this, they changed this and they saw this happen. Like, is there a good success story you can think of off the top of your head? My gosh, I can think of thousands of them, to be honest with you, because yeah. just about every client we work with, you see that. But look, here, here's the bottom line. I mean, I, you know, we, we've had clients, Scott, that literally I've seen 300% increases within one year from the day that I walked in the door to the day I walked out. And it was really predominantly because we changed one primary thing about the way they did business. We did all the things you and I have talked about already. Mm-hmm. We, we applied the right strategies and techniques, but the one major change. And, and, and I'm, wearing my, I'm wearing my Others First t-shirt, which is our slogan. Others yeah. First is, is my whole mindset about life. It's based on my life first out of book Philippians. Chapter two, verses three and four says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, 
but in all things with humility, value others above yourself, looking out for their interest, not your own. That's my, that's my belief in life. And the, the thing that we implement with clients, we say, look, your culture makes all the difference. And the number one mistake that I see with a lot of companies is I walk in and they're very transactional, mm-hmm. not relational. That's a mistake. So where I've seen the biggest impact, and I can think of a company that I worked with in Charlotte several years ago that I'll never forget this story. I walked in the door. I trained this company that had 80, I think they had 89 loan officers at the time. And, and, I, and I did a one-day training. And I sat down with the CEO at the end of the day. I said, I got good news and bad news. Which one you want first? And he mm-hmm. said, I'll take the good news. I said, well, the good news is I just trained your guys on how to close 15 loans a month. Now, by the way, they were averaging 1.6 units per loan officer at the time in a wow. call center consumer direct environment. Not uncommon, by the way. Sure. Most loan officers that I train when I first train them are two to three units a month and I get them to 10 to 20. Yep. But I said, that's the good news. The bad news is you need to fire about 85% of your loan officers. He said, why? I said, because they didn't even take a note today. They thought they knew it all. They thought they were the smartest guys in the room. So yep. we're going to help you build a program where you're going to hire college recruits in. I'm going to train them on how to sell. And within one year, we're going to double your numbers. Well, we didn't double their numbers. We took them from 1.6 units to 9.3 units in one year. It was a 700% increase. We literally turned over 87% of the staff, brought in all new college kids, trained them from the ground up, super motivated, super loyal, super hardworking. They crushed it. Last month, two of those loan officers, two of those I saw on Facebook posted up, one had 56 loans closed last month. The other one had 48 loans closed last month. Consumer direct environment. I trained those kids when they were college kids knowing nothing. So the bottom line is if you do it right and you have a relational approach, you you approach your customers from the standpoint of I'm here to help you. I'm not here to make a commission. I'm here to change your life. I'm not here to sell you a loan. I'm here to make a difference for you. I'm not here to make a difference for me. When you have that other first mindset, it changes the entire game. Yeah, that's great. And it actually leads me to a good segue into the, the follow-up question I had. Let's say that in that case, you said, you know, get rid of 85%. But what if the executive says, I'm not going to get rid of 85% of they're my friend, you know, they're loyal, these types of things. So let's say you have these people who are stuck in their old ways, right? And, and we come across this a lot with trying to adopt the new technology we have in place or we're trying to put into place or new features. What is one or two strategies that you've used? I mean, obviously you train them on, on what you do, but what are some strategies to get people out of their old ways and to try something new? I want to remind everybody that the word motivate starts with the word motive. Okay. I learned a long time ago. I I managed thousands of of loan officers in my own career before I ever became a consultant and trained uh, loan officers all over the nation. And and here's the deal. You're only going to motivate people when you understand their motive. What drives them? What, what, What is the thing that gets them out of bed in the morning? So until you start to culturally understand the why of your people, you'll never get the what you're looking for. That's just the way it works. Yep. So what I teach managers all the time is, okay, you got that, you got that, you know, died in the wool, senior loan officer, been around forever, thinks they know it all. They're closing three loans a month and they're, it's enough money to keep them where they're happy or five loans a month. But you want to, you think they can close 15? Here's what you got to do. You got to first understand why they'd ever want to close 15. What would be the motivation to that? Get their motives. And then once you've got that, now show them how to make their job better and easier and accomplish those goals. See, that's what's made our company so successful, Mortgage Champions, is we teach strategies so that people actually close more loans in less time to have more life balance. That's why it's been so successful for 25 years. 
I didn't even mention this. I, I've never advertised my business in 25 years. It's all been word of mouth. Yeah. It's all been referral because we've had nothing but a winning track record. It's because I take those loan officers and say, look, I, I know that you're happy where you're at right now, but what would you like to have? Okay, you want that? Here's what you got to do to get there. Now let me show you how to do it and how to do it smarter and better, not longer. That's the key. Yeah, that's great for the listeners to hear. You know, over the time, and we've spoke together again, the Softview Summit for a number of years and, and yep. Ivali, of course. I've heard the stories over and over of Bruce Thompson and Dan, the TV man and all those guys, right? <laughs> awesome story. You'll never, I just never forget the name Bruce Thompson, right? You mentioned sell early, sell often. And you yep. talked about it a little bit just to, to be, can we expand on that a little bit? Because it's something that, uh, you know, that's, that's really helped me and my business from starting and doing what I do. But I think from a loan officer's perspective, yep. we talked about some of the strategies, like where did that come from? And, and, and how do you continue to kind of enforce that as you're talking to people? I was a, a kind of a crazy manager. I had some, some crazy rules and guidelines. And one of my rules was when I brought people in to work for me, first off, I never hired an experienced mortgage person one time in my career. It was all people off the street, mostly college grads, mostly athletes like myself. I wanted people with drive, determination, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah. really motivated. Yep. Um, but my, my rule was that when you came in in the morning, you were not allowed to check your voicemail or email until 11 o'clock in the morning, or I would fire you. You didn't get a second chance on this. Like literally one time gone. People are like, what? Why was that your rule? I go, it's simple because here's the deal. I learned a long time ago that when people cancel, they cancel in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's what they do. They don't want to call you in the middle of the day because they're going to get confrontation from you. You're going to try to talk them out of it. So what they'll do is they'll leave a message. They'll send you an email late at night. So you can't get them to let you know. So you come in nine o'clock in the morning. You're excited. You're ready to work. And you check your email and here you go. Here's all the processor issues on your files. Your pipeline's falling apart. These three people canceled. This one got turned down. You're absolutely just plummeted when it comes to motivation. And now you're going to sell something? I don't think so. Right. What I told my loan officers was, look, you can start anytime you want. Tell your customers, I don't start till 11 because I work late. But you come in at nine and you organize and prioritize your leads and you hammer that phone for two hours. And get your sale while your motivation is high. Because if you get one sale a day, you're going to close 15 loans a month. If you get two sales a day, you're going to close 30 loans a month. I mentioned that earlier. So I drove that process. I still teach that to this day. And I've had a lot of clients who have said, you know what? There's a lot of wisdom in that. And they've changed yeah. the way they view their business to say, you know what? We don't want you coming in and starting as a pipeline loan officer. We want you to be a salesperson first. And then let's work on our pipelines later in the day when it makes sense. Yeah. So I went back to my old notes from previous conferences. I was going back to look at some stuff you'd said in the past and really big, really bold. Took about a quarter of the page of my notebook. It said, sell early, sell often, (laughs) all caps. And so it was, you know, obviously super impactful then, still is now. I think it's a great message for people to hear. Thanks for sharing that. Last but not least, I want to take some time to, to promote and talk about the great work you do in the charity world uh, with your organization, MPPH. We have a shirt here at the house. My wife actually wears it now all of the time. So, you know, I'm constantly seeing it here at the house. Can you talk a little bit about the organization? Because I, I, I've heard the stories and, and I know what it is, but I want my listeners to really understand what it is you do and why you started it and, and what you're doing. And then I have a special offer I want to talk about when you're done with this. And we'll talk about how people listening can help out as well. Well, Scott, again, I want to tell you just how kind that is of you to ask me that question. And, and, and yes, that this is probably the most important thing to me in my business. You know, it, we talked about motive and motivation earlier. And, you know, for, for a lot of years, I was almost 20 years in the business and had done very well and made a lot of money and really came to a point in my career where I was like, okay, what's next? 
I mean, mm-hmm. I've done a lot of stuff. I've been a lot of places, travel all over the world. What, what's next? There's got to be something more to this. And it was in, actually in 2002 that I had a life-changing event. And that life-changing event was um, my wife and I were at church on a Sunday morning. There was a presentation from a guy from an organization called IREF, which was an organization in India that had an orphanage of 4,000 kids. And he did a, a presentation that just gripped my heart. I mean, the Lord just literally said, okay, I want you involved in this. And I decided four years later, after looking at the picture of a little girl named Tiru, who was a four-year-old Indian girl that um, we were supporting, my wife and I decided to make a trip to India. Uh, I woke up one morning, looked at my wife and said, I, I can't take it one more day. I've got to meet Tiru. And, you know, I got, a, I got an awesome wife. And she said, when do you want to go? I said, I'm thinking tomorrow. Yeah. She, she said, go. And I got in a plane and flew. And and I flew down um, 55 hours door to door to central India and met 4,000 children there that were all orphans, all of which um, either their parents had died or their parents were actually alive and had given them up voluntarily. It ripped my heart out. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the next 12 days that I was there, I, I went village to village each day and, and worked with families. I was traveling with a medical team. I, I'm not a medical guy. I was just trying to help out any way I could. But basically, after praying over hundreds of people and seeing people dying in the streets and starving to death and no money, it, it, it wrecked me for good in a good way. God, it was one of those life-changing moments. I came home. <laughs> I always tell the story. I came home, walked in the door. My wife said, how was the trip? I said, it was great. Good news is I'm a different man and a new man. The, the, the bad news is we're going to sell the house, cars, and everything we got. <laughs> she was nice. yeah. okay. <laughs> she was like, that must have been a powerful trip. And it was. Yeah. And, and we committed to change our lifestyle, to change our business so that half of what we earn, we give back to those who need. And I got to tell you, I've never been happier and I've never seen more change. We, in the last three years, we've housed almost 200 families in Florida alone Wow, that were homeless, mostly yep. single moms living on the street, mostly living in their cars. My wife, this is what kind of a woman I'm married to. My wife drives the Walmart parking lots at 10 o'clock at night looking for people in their cars, living out of them. She gets information on them. She finds an apartment and we house them. I mean, this is what, what we do. We, we built a, an orphanage for 500 girls in India. We, we've been able to help kids in Guatemala who live literally, Scott, in a garbage dump. They live in the garbage dump. They wake up sleeping in garbage. And we've helped build a, a school to educate them. So we have just learned that that whole other's first mindset that we had, it really makes a difference when you start living your life for the benefit of others. And you're so much more fulfilled when you do that. You know, God has been very faithful to us and he has called me. He literally has called me to do this. You know, I say this every time. I, I don't want anybody to go, oh, what a great guy. I, I, got, I got issues like everybody. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I do know my calling. And I do know that there are a lot of needy people out there and we decided in 2006 to start the organization Mortgage Professional Fighting Hope and said, look, we will fund it. 100% of the dollars we take in, we give straight to the, the organizations we serve. And we're focused on three things, education, children, taking care of children, and, and housing families that are in need. That's the three things that we focus on. So that's really where our, our focus is. And it's been a, a really important thing to me. And I got to tell you, I've gotten way back way more than I've ever given out of that be perfectly yeah. honest with you, yeah. because when you give, God does a great job of just really blessing us in that process. And, and I'm so thankful that, that he changed my life in that way. That's great, man. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, thanks for all of the work you do, you know, from a mortgage professionals providing hope 
we're very blessed being in this industry from a, you know, financial standpoint, right? You look back at my history and and others' histories of of friends of mine who started as well. I mean, I'm going to have a college and making good money and then building that over time. There is a lot of money being made from mortgage professionals today. So I hope that those who are listening to this find it in their hearts to help you out and to help incent them. I'd like to make an offer that anybody who donates any dollar amount doesn't have to be, you know, it can be $5, $10. It doesn't matter. Whatever you, whatever you can afford, whatever your heart says to give, whatever you decide to give, I will match that. So anybody who's listening to this program now, if you go to mpph.org, they go to the website, there's a place to donate. There's a place to leave a comment. If you, in that comment, you mentioned that you heard about this on the lead management masterminds podcast, I'm going to match, match your donation dollar for dollar. So that's the challenge for all the listeners out there. Take it seriously. Check out the website. Check out the videos. There's some such impactful videos, you know, on your on your website there of stuff that you guys done. We've seen the some of the videos if you've gone to the Softy Summit in the past. That's where I've seen them in the past as well. So check it out. Please find it in your hearts to donate. Again, we're gonna we're gonna be right there with you and and uh, and matching that donation. So appreciate those out there who are willing to do that and helping helping Dale and his team out. Scott, I can't even tell you. I mean, God bless you. And I appreciate you so much. I mean, you and I have known each other for years now. And, and it, I always love it when I get to see you because you're just one of those one of those rare guys. You're the real deal, man. And, and, and I've known that for a long time. And it, it's really an honor to be on your show. And, you know, I, I do want to share one, one final story with, with your audience, if it's okay, that, that just to, to, to remind people how powerful this is. You know, I tell this, the, the long story of this a lot, but I'll just give the shortened version. First time I went to India, and, and I got out of the car and I saw 4,000 orphans lined up on both sides of the roads for a quarter mile to literally celebrate my showing up as the American. I was completely overwhelmed and blown away. And I'll never forget the first child that I walked up to looked me in the eyes and said, hey, uncle, uncle, what's my name? And I, and I didn't think he spoke English. Well, he didn't. The next four kids asked me the same question. When I asked the translator, why are they asking me that question? Of all the questions they could ask me, like, why not ask for money or clothes or toys or whatever? His answer changed my life. What he said was, these are nameless, faceless orphans who just want you to say their name so they know that they matter to you. That literally was my turning point in my life. The moment that I heard that, I was 42 years old. I I had lived that many years and did not realize the single most important element that every human being wants is to be known, is to know that they matter. So my advice to everybody is, don't just give back. For charities. That's a great thing. But every day you talk to a customer, remember that story. And remember that that person is struggling and they matter and they need to know that you feel they matter. Take an others first approach, change your life in a powerful way, make a bunch of money, and then give that money to charity because mm-hmm. you can't out give God. I'm going to tell you that right now. Absolutely. I don't care how much you make. You're going to give you more. You keep doing it right because that's called obedience. And obedience is always met with love and with the things that come with that. So I hope that encourages people out there listening. Absolutely. You know, you nailed that in mpph.org. Yep. Right. And so check out the website. Again, there's a place to donate. Really, really highly encourage people to do it and support the organization. It's such a great thing you guys are doing. So as we wrap up, can you just talk about, uh, just tell us where we can learn more about you, your company, mortgage champions, all that stuff? Wrap it up. You know, just go to dalevermillion.com is probably the easiest thing to do. You can also go to mortgagechampions.com. That will tell you about all of our online e-learning. And we've got team programs. We've got company programs. We do enterprise training and, and consulting to companies all across the country. 
if you want to learn more about me personally, DaleVermillion.com is probably the way to go. You'll, you'll learn more about, you know, the book that I wrote for consumers and the stuff that I do in the consumer advocate market, as well as the stuff I do on the mortgage side and the real estate side. So that's the best place to find out. That's the location I would send you to. Great. Well, hey, Dale, it was great seeing you again. I wish I could give you a hug. I, um, yeah, uh, man, consider yourself hugged right now. Yeah, we, uh, I've seen Dale at like random airports throughout the country as well. Like we're just, you know, he's waiting for a flight and I'm walking by. I'm like, that's Dale and give each other a hug and hey, how's it going? Catch up for a couple minutes and go. But, you know, we're not traveling now as much. So it's good to see you face to face. And thanks so much for coming on the show and, and being a part of this. It's really special to me. I appreciate it. Well, Scott, thanks again for the donation, for being a humble hero, for being such an awesome guy. And thanks for leading this podcast. I mean, this is powerful stuff. And, and I hope this was helpful today. And I love what you're doing. Keep it up. You, you are a great man. And I really appreciate you. Awesome. Thanks, Dale. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Lead Management Masterminds podcast. Today's episode is presented by SDP Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things lead management strategy and optimization. Please visit us at www.sdp-solutions.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast site.